today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. He becomes the pilot of our soul. He becomes the guidance in our lives. So we give Jesus that place of honor and respect, and we say, now, Lord, I want to handle this injustice the way you want me to handle it. I want you to be honored. I want to behave in an honorable way and not return evil for evil. I want to do it the kingdom way. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet As we learn to trust God through the uncomfortable and unjust situations that we face He will provide for us and as we suffer unjustly God will use it for our good and for His glory Pastor Ed reminds us that we're never alone in our suffering, even when it seems like everyone turns away. We'll learn that in the most difficult times, God is faithful, and as we learn to ask Him for guidance, we'll draw closer to Him. Peter, in the early church, showed us how to deal with injustice and suffering. We have to trust that God will see the unfairness of a situation and work it out for our greatest good. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. We're continuing our series in the book of 1 Peter, and one of the things I've noticed as I've read Peter and gone through the book again and again, he talks about suffering, but he hits it in different ways. He, he talks about the suffering of the early church, and in the passage we're going to read this morning from verses 13 to verse 22 in the third chapter, he deals with unjust suffering. All of us as Christians, all of us as believers, if we're going to live godly lives, we will face suffering in this present world. It's just part of the journey. It's part of God's path that we must walk on. Verse 13 of chapter 3 of 1 Peter. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you have suffered for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, Those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but being made alive in the Spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the Spirit's in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, 
now saves you, not as the removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to them. The passage that I read this morning has in it some verses that are the most difficult verses to understand in all of Peter's writings and perhaps in the New Testament. But there's a lot that's clear. We're going to look at how Peter addresses unjust suffering and how we're to respond to it and cope with it. Throughout our journey as believers, we will experience injustice, unjust suffering. Sometimes we're surprised by it. We're blindsided by it. However unfair the treatment may be, our response to it determines our character as well as our destiny. Unlearned suffering can be redemptive. And that's important to remember through the sermon. Unearned suffering can be redemptive. There's suffering that just comes into your life. You didn't deserve it. It happened in David's life. For 15 years, Saul sought to take the life of King David. Unjustly. He was suspicious of David. He tried to destroy David. Again and again, he attacked him. And tried to take his life. But God delivered David out of Saul's hand. But out of those 15 years, God shaped David's life. And out of his life came songs, psalms, that the church has used over and over again through the centuries to find strength and a deepening relationship with God when pilgrims, Christians, have gone through difficult times. God will use the difficulties, the unjust sufferings for our good and for his glory if we allow him to. And so Peter deals with this because this is what the early church was going through. Unjust suffering, suffering that they didn't deserve. First of all, what he wants us to do is to recognize that the believer's journey includes unjust suffering. You're going to go through it. In verse 19 of chapter 2, Peter says, For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he's conscious of God. There it is. It's part of the journey. And because we're conscious of God, we want to serve God, we have a relationship to God, there's a certain way that we must deal with those things. First of all, Peter wants us to realize that some of our suffering is warranted. Some of it we deserve. In verses 13 and 17, you see there is warranted suffering. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? The question that he asked presupposes a negative answer. No one, if you do the right thing, you're not going to experience suffering all the time. And what he was trying to say is that there is some suffering that comes into our life that we have created for ourselves. 
Ever sit down with somebody and they begin to tell you their story? And as they begin to tell you their story, they're blaming God, they're blaming people, they're blaming their circumstances, they're blaming everybody but themselves. And you'd like to just stop and say, wait a minute. Have you contributed to this? <laughs> and uh, you know that's a danger zone if you walk over there and you begin to talk about that. But you know it's true. Now, all of us have done that too. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, all of us have brought problems into our lives because of unwise decisions, because of things that we've done, because of maybe just not listening to God. Peter wants us right away, when we experience suffering, to be able to discern what is just warranted. Because if you don't recognize, okay, I created this problem, you're not going to be able to solve the problem. And it will repeat itself again and again. So he says, deal with it. Understand, there are some things that are warranted. You've created, I've created, the situation We need to take ownership. But there are some things that are unwarranted. Some things we didn't create. It says, there is unwarranted suffering. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that is God's will, than for doing evil. So in other words, if you're suffering because He did the right thing. Now, it's hard to imagine that somebody who's working at a job and they give 110%, they're honest, they're sincere, they're kind, they're a team player, that you're going to have a lot of problems at the job. You may. It does happen. But if you're giving 110% and you're doing your very best and you've, you've found, a lot of times you avoid a lot of problems. But because you do it right doesn't mean you won't suffer. I had a good friend, Charles. Charles had a escaped from Iraq, and he was an expert mechanic. He worked in Germany for a number of years, and he could work on cars. I mean, he was trained. He came here to the States, and he had to work for several dealerships, but he couldn't stay there because he was a Christian. Because in those dealerships, they asked him, if he would tell people they needed to repair something and it didn't need to be repaired. They were concerned about the bottom line. They wanted to make money. And so a part wasn't wore out. And they said, listen, tell them it's worn out. Tell them they need it. And Charlie left two good paying positions because he wouldn't be dishonest. Sometimes our honesty, our truthfulness Our integrity gets us into trouble. For example, you stand up and you're talking to uh, colleagues or friends and you're talking about morality. And you say, well, no, marriage is a man and a woman. Or or you talk about moral stance. And now you do it wisely, carefully, but all of a sudden they look at you and they uh, look down at you and they say, you're bigoted, you're narrow-minded. And they begin to label you and pull away from you, and you experience prejudice. So there are times where our stance and stand for Christ, when you live a godly life, what happens is sometimes it convicts people. And people are uncomfortable 
with someone who is wanting to do the right thing in the right way, with the right attitude. Now, I've met Christians where they have the right idea, but they get it across in the wrong way. And you've got to have all those components together. You have the right idea, do it the right way, with the right spirit, the right attitude, and yet you still get persecuted. Because the enemy incites people, and because people are sinful, and we live in a fallen world, you experience... An injustice at the job. You experience an injustice in your relationships. And things that happen to you are simply wrong. He goes on to give us guidance in how to deal with those situations. How do you cope with those? How do you deal with things when they happen like that? Well, uh, there's guidance in suffering. Verses 14 to 16. He says, have no fear of them, nor be troubled. And notice when he says, have no fear of them, he's really quoting Isaiah the prophet in the 8th chapter, where Isaiah says, don't fear the things that people fear. So in other words, don't fear men. Don't be all anxious. Now, don't be rude or stupid in your relationship with people, but don't fear them. Fear God. Have a deep sense of reverence that you want to honor God. And that's what he goes on to say when he says, But in your hearts, honor Christ. The Lord is holy. That means treat him with reverence. Give him the place of honor and respect. He becomes the pilot of our soul. He becomes the guidance in our lives. So we give Jesus that place of honor and respect. And we say, Now, Lord, I want to handle this injustice the way you want me to handle it. I want you to be honored. I want to behave in an honorable way and not return evil for evil. I want to do it the kingdom way. And so he says, don't fear people. Don't let a swirl of trouble fill your heart and soul and and, and just captivate you. And he goes on to say, Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, notice this, for the hope that is in you. So somehow in the midst of that injustice, there's a hope that you have, a confidence that you have, that God's going to get you through. He's going to help you. He's going to be with you because he's sovereign and, and he is your shepherd. And you believe that with all of your heart. You've given him the place of honor in your lives. And as you begin to think And focus on the Lord, your life will be characterized by hope. Now, you might think that Peter would have put the word, who asks you for a reason for the faith that is in you, but he doesn't use the word faith. He uses the word hope, because what's emanating from your life is this confidence and this trust and this assurance and this peace. Because when you go through the trial... What does the word say? You will be blessed. So God sees you in the circumstance, sees the unfairness of the situation, and he blesses you. That's the promise of the book. That's what the word says. And then he says, when you give a reason, when you respond, you do it with gentleness and respect. In other words, how you talk to Others, it's, it's with gentleness. At, at the job, someone wrongs you. You're getting treated wrong at home or at work or wherever it may happen. You don't respond, huh, I'm better than you. 
I'm following the book. You all are a mess. <laughs> no, no. It, it, it's this gentleness that you recognize you have feet of clay. And, you, and you're grateful that God's helping you and is with you. And so you respond with gentleness and respect. Having a good conscience. That's what it means. Is You say, you know, I am trying to honor God in this situation. I am trying to follow the word. I am trying to follow the scriptures. I am trying to do what God wants me to do. And so if you have that assurance that you're trying to do the right thing in the right way, you have a clear conscience in that, in that matter. And that's what Peter is saying, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So what eventually will happen is God will vindicate. God will justify. Now, it doesn't always happen in this present life. Sometimes it's in the life to come. Sometimes it's when we stand before God. And so Peter is saying, no, know that you allow God to shape you in that fiery trial when you are treated wrongly. And God will use that to bless you. And God will form and he will mold you and shape your life. And those who slander, I mean, those who are throwing the mud at you, those who are saying things that are to hurt you, they'll realize, hey, I made a mistake. And they'll be convicted. And that's what he's saying. And so he, he goes on to say, here's how you do it. And then notice, when you go through those things, you're not alone. You're with God. I like how Johnny Erickson taught us said this. With profound potential for good, suffering can also be a destroyer. Suffering can pull families together, unite them through hardship, or it can rip them apart in selfishness and in bitterness. Suffering can file at those rough edges off your character. Or it can further harden you. It all depends on us how we respond. So what Peter is saying, you'll face injustice. You'll face situations that, I say, why? Handle it wisely and well, and God will bring a blessing out of it for you. I think of the great missionary, Judson, who was in Burma for years. And they threw him in prison because of his witness and when they threw him in prison, they beat him physically, abused him. He was beaten terribly. And after a long period of time, they let him out. And so he goes to the government officials, and he makes a request. He says, could I go into a neighboring province and preach and share? And this is what the government official says to him. The government official replies, my people are not fools enough to listen to anything a missionary might say. But I fear they might be impressed by your scars and turn to your religion. Think about that. When we allow the scars to be redemptive, we look like Jesus. It's your last day in this world. You're going to go home, be with the Lord. What are you thinking about? I don't know, maybe you're in a car accident, maybe you're at home, maybe you plan, maybe, but you're ready to stand before God. In heaven, you're going to meet the disciples, the apostles, the martyrs, and they're going to have their stories of suffering and of trial, of the crosses that they carried. 
What are your stories going to include? What some of the scars that you have borne because you're following Christ? What some of the things that you have done in the right way, in a wrong situation, so that Christ will be honored? What are the stories that you're going to tell the other disciples and the apostles? I mean, we're not persecuted nearly like believers through the centuries or around the world are. Peter is saying, you need guidance when you go through it. Fear God. Give Jesus a place of honor in your life. Give a reason. Have a clear conscience. And let that hope be evident in you. And know, and know that God will use it for your good, his glory, and the advancement of his kingdom. Now, he goes on, he's talking about our struggles, at our trouble, about unjust suffering. But he goes on, and look at the following verses. He gives us encouragement in unjust suffering. There's encouragement. In verse 21 of chapter 2, Peter reminds us, to this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in the steps. Christ suffered for us. We have a cross to bear as well. We are to be willing to suffer for his name's sake. How does it help us? How do we find encouragement in these verses? Well, first of all, the first verse, verse 18, is real clear. It's the gospel in a nutshell. You see, the experience of Christ's suffering for righteousness. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. Now, put your name in there. Christ suffered. It says, once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. Put your name in there. Unrighteous. All of us. He suffered for us. For Christ also suffered for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. That what he might bring us to God. His suffering brought us to God. That's a great encouragement when it says that. What he's saying is, when you are suffering, think about the cross. I know that our cross doesn't have Christ on it because we celebrate especially the resurrection. But I don't think anything is wrong with us remembering Christ on the cross. There is something about remembering the suffering, the pain of our Savior that helps us when we're going through our painful moments in life. That's what Peter is saying. Think about the suffering of Jesus. All that he went through, all that he experienced, the ridicule, the mocking, the taking of sin upon himself, all the pain that he went through. So when you're going through a painful and a difficult time, Remember, you're really identifying with Jesus because as he was called to suffer, you're called to take up the cross and follow him. And you are called not to a life of ease. Today, you may be facing persecution from the world around you. Your walk with Jesus may have hit a rough patch, and now you're unsure where to turn. Or your life may be going well, and you're feeling the blessings of Jesus all around you. No matter the place you are in your life, 
there is always Jesus. He loves to rejoice with you in the triumphs and to walk with you through the trials. As Dr. Edward Jones continues to take us through the book of 1 Peter, we see that Jesus is the solution in every crisis and the one we can look to each and every day for our own strength. We do hope that you've been blessed by today's message on Building in Faith and invite you to visit our website to learn more about our ministry. Our web address is buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Be sure to find us on Facebook as well. We know how important social media is in people's lives today, and by liking us on Facebook, you can keep up to date with all that's happening at Faith Assembly. We would also like to invite you to join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area for our weekly worship. We meet each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and also on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., and have many activities for all ages and all walks of life. Sadly, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us again here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues to dig deeper into the Word of God, sharing with us the love and hope that only Jesus can offer us. Your Word restores and heals, transforms, rebuilds, and it makes a Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio willowcreek.com summit.